What's up, Ukramedia family? Vladimir Pragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Ukramedia podcast, where I serve a Ukramedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Christopher Beer. Chris is a multidisciplinary artist based in San Francisco with over a decade of experience in the motion graphics industry. Chris, man, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Chris, man, I was just looking at your Behance account, and I was very impressed with everything that you've been able to accomplish. Thank, I couldn't help to you. notice that you generated well over 300,000 project views, over like 26,000 appreciations, and like 11,000 plus followers. And what's more impressive is that you did it all with like 31 published projects, and like 21 of those projects were featured in the motion graphics category on Behance. So man, wow, very impressive stuff, man. How did you do that? Well, thank you. I mean, I'm I'm very appreciative and um, just glad that people like my work. I think you know I've been, I've been fortunate in my career to um, to work with people that have big audiences, people like like Ash or or G Monk, and that certainly helps getting exposure. I think that that's a big part in this industry too, like getting to to work with with people that um, will basically allow your work to get seen because so much good work sort of goes onto the radar these days, I think. There's just so much. No, definitely. Let's start from the very beginning, man. How did you get started in motion graphics? So it was very random, actually. I never um, I never planned on on getting into motion graphics. I um, early From early on, I wanted to be an artist, like a traditional artist or an illustrator. I was never into computers or anything like that. I basically didn't get into the design school I wanted to go to because I didn't have much of a portfolio at the time and didn't really know much about what it took. I was just really into drawing. And uh, I'm from Denmark originally. And there, uh, you actually get money from the government to study. So I just moved into uh, a new apartment with my girlfriend and I needed to have money to pay rent. So I just took this web design course or this new uh, multimedia design education. It was like two years and... uh, it seemed like, you know, until I figured out what, what I wanted to do or until I could apply for, for that school a uh, second time, I figured I'd just do this in the meantime. So I started there and there I sort of roughly got introduced to um, sort of the Adobe package. And then my second year there, we had a guest lecture from San Francisco and he got me an internship there. And that eventually led to a job. And I've been there ever since. And uh when I started there as an intern, I knew nothing of animation, but I was just so amazed, like seeing what people were doing and I was just really hungry. So I spent three months there and learned After Effects and uh, that was enough to, to later land me a job there. So Pretty impressive kind of a long journey. story, but <laughs> yeah, but I think at the time there wasn't really, um, well, there weren't as many motion graphics educations were like strictly um, focused on, on that specific thing like there are now. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm curious to find out because looking at your resume, you didn't really go through a traditional college for what you do today. What is your take on, on school? Like, is it, is it something that's relevant? Like, if you had to start all over again, would you go to school? I, I would. I think, like, I'm, I think it's, like, both are great. I think it's, I think both it's important to go to school, but also uh, to sort of, I think it's great with all these new online tools. I think the for for any artist, the good thing about being in school is you're you're part of a community and you you're part of like an instant feedback loop where you both have peers and teachers that give you constant critique. Because I think 
now what you're seeing is, you know, everyone's influenced by social media and such. And I think when you're in school, you're sort of in the safe environment. We get to experiment and uh, where you really should like do crazy stuff that you can't do once you're out in the real world. And when you're on your own, for instance, like doing tutorials or learning something, you're doing something very specific and you might not experiment in the same way you would like when you're in school. So I think that that's one of the great things about being in school. I think the unfortunate thing, like if you're in the United States, is that it's so expensive, you know, and that's why I think all these like uh, online schools and what you guys are doing is, is a great alternative. But I think it's it's hard to like, you know, or it, when you have to sort of evaluate everything against like how much money it costs, that's that's sort of the, the tricky part. But I think what's great is that, you know, you should constantly be be learning new stuff, you know, and if you have a college education, that's, that shouldn't, be, you know, stop you no, from, so true. from, from keep learning, you know, and uh, I think what's exciting at, at least is that there's, there's so much available to you now that it's almost like if, if you're a creative and you're not learning and doing stuff, you know, that's, that's on you because there's, you know, there's a plethora of stuff available now. Yeah, there's plenty to go around and it's interesting you said, you know, actually, you know, I've met several people over the years that have college degrees, but they didn't really learn anything. You know, college is one of those things that right. you get what you want out of it. You can go through college and really not get an education. And For on the sure. flip side of that, some people, you know, they graduate and they think that's it. Learning stops at that college degree. So Totally, yeah. yeah. Can, and I think in a sense, sometimes that if you don't go to college, you're you're kind of more prone to do more digging and learning because you always feel like you're handicapped because you didn't get a, a degree. So you're always... Hungry because if you're facing someone who does have a college degree, you you know, so you kind of have to make sure that you're standing out more than someone who has a college degree. At least that, this was my experience. You know, I didn't go for to- sure. I, I think it's especially like in our industry, it's a little different. Like if you're if you want to become a lawyer or something like that, where you have to be good on paper, I think that's a very tangible thing. But I think in in our industry, where everything is very visual and it's usually whatever you have on your website people will hire you for it's not as important in that sense but right. i think like if the people that get you know something out of their college education is usually people that apply themselves so i think it's more right it's a lot of it is a personality trait too that you know if you just if you think in your mind that just having a piece of paper that's going to propel you in the world you know you're wrong it's 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 all about how much you put into it and you know smart people can get a lot out of it bad college or the other way around you know it's I think so much of it is about how you apply yourself and likewise you know people that don't have degrees but really apply themselves in these online schools can you know do a lot if they're willing to put in the work no definitely now let's transition into something I guess like the most negative darkest moment in your (laughs) life I want to I want you to tell us a story of the worst moment in your creative journey so don't hold back man take us through it man Oh man, um, there's there's been a bunch. Like, um, <laughs> so so when I started uh, my first job, which was um, it was for a, a small uh, motion studio here in San Francisco. They're called Elastic Creative at the time, and um, we were pretty small. So we we would take in uh, well, what a lot like one of the mistakes a lot of small studios will do is like a new pl- client approaches them and they will. Um, you know, they'll do it for less money because, you know, with the prospect of getting that client and getting more work. And it's it's always a bad way to start out. But um, one of our big clients or clients that had started like 
that was like a local agency and they would get a lot of work from companies like Adobe and uh, a lot of other tech companies. And uh, every job we did with them was just very abusive. They would, you know, constantly uh, change things all the time and just, um, yeah, it was just a very abusive relationship. And I think this was back in maybe like 2011 and we were basically, uh, we were creating the opening video for Adobe Max, which is sort of like, uh, Adobe's big yearly event where they announce all their, their new projects and stuff. And we're doing like the opening video and all their other uh, video content. And it was for, uh, I think it's, it's being held at the Kodak Theater in LA, which is this big theater and their projection mapping on, um, on the walls and all our deliverables were, I don't know, like 16 K or something. So everything was just a logistical nightmare. And, um, <laughs> The weekend before delivery, Adobe's CTO, he, I don't know, he saw some some image that inspired him and it was some steampunk image and he decided to completely change the direction of the show. Ouch. So we had to redo a lot of design, but re-render everything like the weekend before. And it was just, it wasn't so much that it was, it was just so much hard work and we were up day and night and... When people get you know tired, mistakes tend to happen. And like we were in San Francisco and the event was in LA. So the agency would basically have to send interns on a plane with hard drives with wow. new deliverables because it would take longer to actually download these huge files off the internet. So it was, wow. yeah, it was just insane. Um, That's but crazy. yeah, it was just terrible, like weeks of no sleep and, uh, and we we actually we had several jobs like that unfortunately but um it it sort of it it hardens your skin and you sort of learn a lot from from these experiences as well now is there anything you can do to prevent something like that from happening in the future i think just good communication early on like i think you know business is a lot like it's a lot like dating right it's like if you put out on the first date like that's they're gonna they're gonna expect that every time you know so i think it's just just be clear about like you know this is what we can do at this cost and if you aren't into that you know then you know maybe this is this relationship isn't gonna work Uh, (laughs) oh um, man i think this i mean what is the saying like always uh under under promise and over deliver right um i think in general it's just it's good to have like as much transparency with your client as, as possible, you know, so you don't end up in a situation where, um, you know, something unexpected happens. No, it's so true. And, you know, I grew up, I learned my English. I'm also from another country and I learned my English through serving tables in America. Oh, really? And, I, and you know, one thing that I learned, because I thought, what's the best thing I can do to learn English quickly, you know? It's waiting tables, right? I mean, wow. you're right there in front of people. You have to jump in. You have to speak. That's There's awesome. no hiding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you trying to learn English, definitely get a serving job. But another awesome. thing that I learned in this job is that you learn how to deal with people. And it, it helps dealing with clients as well because people are the same. It doesn't matter if it's in a the, in the restaurant. Or, and something I learned early on is that if you're, like you were talking about communication, if you if you keep your clients, your customers in a no. And, you know, for example, like I'll wait on tables and I'll do my job hundred percent correct, but they're always like the kitchen can slow things down, you know? And if you yeah. don't communicate those things to your customer, 
then you don't want to surprise them at the end. You know what I mean? Definitely. So I've learned early on to like, as soon as I hear that kitchen's backed up five minutes, I would run out and say, hey, listen, kitchen's backed up five minutes. Can I get you some something to drink, maybe an appetizer, or I'll take some croissants out for free, you know, just so they're happy. But it's a lot like, you know, you were saying it's a lot like dating, but it's also a lot like waiting on tables, man. You just got to be transparent. You got to make sure Definitely. that you keep that channel open. So, but anyway. Yeah. Now let's transition to something positive. Let's talk about your best project that you worked on to date. Wow, it's it's hard to to pick one. I think one of the more exciting projects I worked on was the FITC titles for their um, conference in Japan in 2015, and I was I was only a small part of it, but I think it was just um, it's a really great team experience, and everyone on the team was uh, super talented and. It was it was both a great learning experience and it turned out really uh, beyond anyone's expectations. I think and um, it's it's right you get these these projects where it sort of hits on all cylinders and you both get to explore new techniques and, and sort of have artistic freedom and and do something interesting with that. Now, have you ever thought about teaching? I I have and had a few people reach out from from other. Um, online sites or like platforms like yeah skillshare and stuff like that and and i'd love to at some point is it's just more about getting the time to do it and right pulling myself together uh, no i definitely man time is what we all need more of now let's transition yeah. to q and a's man i want to these are just quick questions i want to know who are your influences i i'm very um i'm like a big cinephile so i watch a lot of a lot of film a lot of classic films but um I'm also, I'm very influenced by my friends. I have a lot of friends in the industry and um, they're always a big inspiration to me. I'm always excited to see what whatever new projects they're, they're working on. It's really important to have good peers, not only to, um, you know, also as a sounding board, like sometimes if you're designing something, it helps to get like a second opinion or if you're, you know, just have having a pair of fresh eyes look looking on something and not as much as as help, but just more as sometimes you can be sort of in your own head and, and you know, you're afraid to, to sort of kill your darlings or whatnot. So <laughs> it, it just helps getting getting fresh perspective. No, and I think Jim Rohn said it once that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And it's so true. If you want to be very talented, get around some talented people. And speaking of, of quotes, Definitely. Now, now what is your favorite quote? Um, my, my favorite quote is, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those mm. who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. And uh, it's a quote by uh, Alvin Toffler. He was an American writer and i think i think he died a few years ago but he was he was big in like the 80s and 90s he wrote a lot about the advancement of technology and how it would impact society and stuff like that but i think it sort of speaks to i guess a lot of like what we talked about earlier how i think it's it's important to to keep learning and and evolving and i think also as you know as we progress in, in a lot of ways, both with software and things like that. Oftentimes, like new techniques will emerge and you sort of have to reevaluate re things that you've been doing for a while. And there might be a better way or a better approach. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's a long and hard road sometimes, but it's it's often worth it to sort of reevaluate your, your point of view. 
And, you know, this journey of learning, man, sometimes like there's, yeah. I feel like you, you can go a little even like too far in a way to where you can't unplug yourself from learning. You're always looking for new things to learn. And Definitely. I feel like it's like a blessing Definitely. and a curse because sometimes like for me, I know I'm having a hard time now to unplug from everything, you know, because you always want to watch that next video, read that book. What do you do to, un do you have any advice how to unplug from the world, so to speak? What do you do? I don't know. I, I, I'm not very good at that either. <laughs> Dude, you and me both, uh, man. I, I haven't mastered that at all. I mean, I can be with my kids, but mentally I'm somewhere else. That's that's how, how bad it's gotten over the years because you're so yeah. caught up on the next thing that sometimes you just forget how to live in the moment. And that's a For curse. For sure. I mean I, I mean, I think the more time you can spend away from screens, mm -hmm. the better. For sure. I mean, it's definitely good to just get away from you know, throw your phone away sometimes or just hide it. Like oh, yeah. it's uh, um, this idea of, of constantly being available and having this, this mm. like this ticking thing in, in your pocket. It's uh, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse for sure. Now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Hmm. That's hard to say. I think, I guess one of them is like we just talked about is, is sort of being willing to learn and being willing to put in the time because I think oftentimes like just or, or in most projects, you know, what, what takes them from being good to great is, you know, it's usually that, that extra 5% and that extra 5% is often what takes the longest. So it can be sort of excruciating sometimes, but you just have to be willing to, to sort of put in the time and often learn, learn new things. You know, it, yeah, it is a constant, constant road and there are constantly new tools and new things to, to be up on. And, but I think it's, it's just about applying yourself really and sort of being able to, to sort of uh, make like long and short-term strategies for, for projects and, and sort of seeing, seeing it through having small goals that will eventually lead to, you know, to a big, big finish thing. Mm. Now, speaking of learning, now recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your, uh, I guess, more of a career. Like, is there an online resource that you go to every day to catch up on the motion graphics news or tutorials, anything like that? Um, it's been a while. I guess, uh, I have used uh, like uh, Grayscale Gorilla in, in the past. It's been a while since um, I've used any of their tutorials, but they've been around forever. And early on, I used to use them a lot for sure. Do you have any like uh, online resources that you use to kind of keep track of time or anything like that? Not really. Um, I um, Yeah, I'm, I'm not so structured. I think I, I usually know every day like what, what I need to do. I just write lots of lists I have posted notes all over my computer and uh, but yeah no I'm not so structured like with, with different tools and stuff like that and that you know that might help me but yeah I haven't haven't gone gone so far with that now what are you the most excited about today is there anything coming up in your in your career that you can share with us um, um I'm currently working on the main titles for next year's off festival in Barcelona. Oh, nice! Um, so, so that will be be interesting. A lot of a lot of work as well, but um, yeah, be excited to share those uh, next year. Do you get to go to Barcelona? 
Yeah, yeah. Nice. I went there uh, this this year as well. Uh, it was my my first time at the festival, and uh, yeah, it, I would recommend that to anyone. It's very, uh, it's a great experience. There's like over probably like 50, 50 speakers from all different walks of life, like graphic designers, motion designers, architects, sound designers, and uh, sort of a, a great injection of, of inspiration, sort of very compact. Like in, in one weekend, you can go like see a lot, a lot of like driving forces in, in the creative industries right now. That's sweet, man. You know, I lived in Barcelona for about three summers in a row, man. That was oh, nice. the best time of my life. I love Barcelona. I lived like right outside yeah. of Barca, but it was awesome, man. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, it's a beautiful city for sure. Lots of, lots of great stuff. Now, last question, man. How can people get in touch with you? Um, they can um, find me on my website, crispy.tv. And there, there's, uh, there's links to my, my email, uh, social media. Um, but yeah, that's the way, crispy.tv. <laughs> All right, Chris. Hey, listen, man, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Christopher. Make sure to check out Christopher's website, crispy.tv. Again, it's crispy.tv. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 33. And while you're there, check out our products and our course on After Effects Expressions. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to euchromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.